You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. So we just worked out our October schedule. Our Halloween schedule, let's um, say. Yeah, let's, let's call it our Halloween schedule with the much-anticipated vampire episode. We need, like, a good name for the month of October, like the spooktacular. We need to, like, rebrand just for October. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, the intro music needs to be like, ooh, screaming in Okay. <laughs> so we'll get on that. Um, so, yeah, the next – basically, the next three weeks we have sorted out. Uh, next week, our October 8th episode will be dedicated to The Joker. Yes. Which opens this week. So that's our The Joker episode. The 15th of October, so right after Canadian Thanksgiving, we've got The Vampire episode. <laughs> you know what? I'm nervous because – Everyone has been hyping it up, so or you know, asking, demanding. What if it sucks? Yeah, what if it's <laughs> the shittiest episode we've ever done? Well, I mean, I think that because we have the fans to guide us, that will help. Like we have certain tasks to perform and that's things true. to do. So if we follow that, that's good. I mean, I think the main thing is, you know, we both have seen several vampire movies. We'll pick a few to focus on. We'll talk about them. Maybe do some ranking. We just gotta do some fan casting. Let the the audience. God. We have to give the audience what they want. We're, we're literally going to follow. They, people have been asking for it, so we're literally going to follow what they told us to Maybe do. Maybe I'll watch the Nick Cage vampire movie. Okay. Yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> that That's fun. That's great. My, my review for the – we're on a Nick Cage roll. So. Yeah, Nick Cage – all day um so that's october 15th and then october 22nd one week before halloween we're going to give you lots of advance notice so you can get our halloween episode on the 22nd so you can be ready to go um for halloween that gives you plenty of time to watch all the movies we're going to yeah. recommend for you so that's that's the next three weeks our, our october spooky spooktacular what did you want to call it? the spooktacular screening in kingston okay there you go all right. That's my ghost noise. I'm going to take that exact soundbite as our opening <laughs> for for the rest of October. Find some eerie, um, you know, eerie music. Yeah, and today we're just kind of kicking things off like it's October 1st. So we're we're we've rolled into October. We've got a a review for a kind of a I would say out of nowhere horror movie that came out a lot earlier in the year and then just came to the screening room. I saw with a little Ready or bit not. of Instagram yeah. targeted ads to me, but like not yeah. enough that I thought this was a thing. I remember seeing like a preview for like a trailer for in front of some movie at some point in time months and ago. And being kind of like, whatever. Yeah, being kind of like, yeah. Um, so we're going to review Ready or Not, which is now playing at the screening room here in Kingston, and we're also going to answer the one fan question. But I will tell you, it, of all the fan questions to have for one, this is a good one. Oh, this is a good, good single question to have. Um, it, I'm. It's meaty for me. Uh, oh. I don't know about you, <laughs> but for me, it's meaty. I think you're fine with it. I'll We've talked neutral. about it. I'll be neutral. Uh, and then we have uh, headlines too. We have yeah, headlines. we have three headlines leading up 
to the Joker. Okay, so we're just previewing the Joker. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz. Yeah, well, I mean, and there if is. You, if you don't know about the buzz, you're living under a rock. Yep, there's been buzz. There will be buzz. We're going to finally get to see it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to be seeing a very late showing on Thursday night after I go play flag football. I have to get my tickets still, so I'm hoping there's still tickets for Friday. It's Monday. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. It's it's Monday. You've got lots of time. Uh, so let's get to the fan question. Cool. Colin says, all in capitals, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. Discuss. I did almost include this in our headlines, but then thought better of it because I wanted it to be Joker-related. Joker-specific. Yeah, so that's good. We can kick the show off with this news. Yes, for those of you who don't know, Spider-Man is back in the MCU after us reporting a couple weeks ago that uh, Sony and Disney weren't able to come to a deal. They have a new agreement in place. Um, I have a funny story about how I found out about this. So I was at an event for work on Friday, and I was working the event, and all day on Friday, I was really busy, going from thing to thing, preparing. You know how it is preparing for something. It's big. It's busy at work. Community stuff. Community stuff's happening. It's really busy. So here I am at this event, and my friend is there to help, and she comes up to me at some lull in the events and said, oh, have you been following the Spider-Man stuff? And I thought she meant all of it and I and I went on this rant about how awful it is and how Spider-Man needs to be in it too and she's like oh like no he's back that's that's what I meant like it, it broke today he's she back the- yeah she gave me the scoop <laughs> um and I had to go look it up later and and read all about it I had no idea but yeah they came to a deal the way I understand it is now Disney will pay for 25 percent of the production costs that go into creating the Spider-Man movies and will receive 25% of the profits as opposed to getting 5% from what they were getting before. And how much were they paying for the production? Zero. Okay, so to me, this seems like a pretty fair Yes, yeah, so what happened was Sony just basically gave, originally, the original deal was Sony just gave Spider-Man the rights to be in the back in the MCU yeah. and to do things. And, and then in return, like they got like 5% cost because Kevin Feige would be helping produce um, the Spider-Man movies. And for that, so for Disney his time, payroll. Disney get yeah, Disney gets, you know, 5% of the profit. So basically it's, okay, you're not getting Kevin Feige, but we will pay for 25% of the production and we'll get 25% of profits at the end. Yeah, that seems... Yeah, and and basically the deal right now is he's going to appear in at least one more... Like, they've signed a contract for one more MCU Spider-Man-related movie, Tom Holland. And then I heard different reports as much as 25 cameos, but I don't think that's true. I think it was another amount of cameos. Yeah, one report said one full Spider-Man movie that's continuing on the yeah. Tom Holland thing. So like a third one and 25 cameos, which, which I don't think like is true. Yeah. Which is not going to happen. He's going to age out. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Um, it's probably closer to the seven or eight picture deal that they normally sign. He's with young them. though now. So I feel like he's going to look different in eight years. He will. Cause he's what? Like early 20. He's 22, I think. Yeah. So yeah. He'll be look, thir- in eight years, you'll be 30. Yeah. I look, and I'm edging towards 30. I look much different than I did yeah. when I was 22. Yeah, absolutely. Well, not much different, but like. But everybody does. Like people. that's, a, it's it's significant enough yeah. that you notice the difference. Yeah. It's not like someone who's 30 who goes from 30 to 40. Like there's not as big of a yeah. gap, like, but 20 to 30. 
Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah, and even look at um, someone like uh, some of the older people that they worked with, like Chris Chris Evans, not because he's old, but Chris Evans signed on as Captain America as like 33, and, and then he went same. to like 40, and he looks the exact same. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you're going to notice a, a, someone who went from 20, I think he was 19 when he did the first movie, to 30. Well, he was playing like a high schooler. Yeah, so I think you're going to notice. You're going to notice the difference. Um, but I, I'm really happy that it's back because this the way they ended off – the last Spider-Man movie, it would not have made any sense to not include him in the MCU moving forward. And your initial hot take was that they were just playing lowball. Both of them. The studio, yeah. I mean. And I think they were putting it in the public to put pressure on each other. And lo and behold, it they worked. struck up a for deal. For both of them. For both groups, it made much more sense. Like Sony's Spider-Man movies have never been as successful as they are now. Like the two that they did with Tom Holland are their most successful mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies. So it made sense to keep this deal going. And for, you know, for the, the amount of things that Disney gets to do with Spider-Man and the MCU, it made sense. So I think they just came to a better deal. I think Disney wanted a lot bigger of a cut, but they probably compromised down to 25% and Sony compromised giving them up to 25%. Right. So, yeah, they're going to at least get costs paid for them as well. So. It's like 25% of the profit for 25% of the work. Yeah, and the profit will be bigger. I mean, usually even like a $150 million movie, you know, it, it made last one made almost a billion dollars just in the U.S. alone. Can so. you even conceive, let's just take a moment, I know you're pro-MCU, but can you even conceive there's like a global environmental crisis, mm-hmm. there's no affordable housing, mm-hmm. and one dumb movie, and mm-hmm. I mean like in any sense. Oh, and like any movie any, is dumb. Yeah, any yeah. Any dumb movie made a billion dollars, yep. and yet we have an environmental for crisis. For sure, for sure. Wow. But again, I mean, I've had this discussion with like a friend of mine talk back and forth. I 100% agree. But it is the world. Yeah, but it's the world we live in. That's the thing. That's like saying, I remember someone saying, oh, well, look at all the money that is spent on hockey players contracts when we don't have enough money for like schooling or whatever or teachers contracts. And I said that's private money versus public. And there's a difference. There's a difference between private money that an owner invests in a team and you go for your entertainment to pay money for it. That owner can invest it in whatever they want. They have made that money. That is up to them. Now there's a moral stance there, but they're just doing it. Like if you had an industry, regardless of what the industry was, and someone's like, well, I'm going to pay billions of dollars to see your thing. You wouldn't care. You'd produce the thing yeah, no, and have the money. So I think I think that that's the difference is that, yes, there when it's cra- it's it is like, crazy, it's but crazy that's the way it when is. you think about it. Yeah. Like oh, in, absolutely. In raw numbers. Absolutely. It's crazy. I mean, the government has a lot of money and could do things to solve problems, but they don't. So, hey, if we want to get political, <laughs> that's the thing. We're but not uh, you know, that kind no, of show. no. But yeah, I mean, Disney is one of the only corporations I think you can think of that takes a loss on something and it's not a big deal. Yeah, like so if a, a if a yeah if, if a if a movie doesn't do as well, it's like meh. Yeah, but they also employ a lot of people. Yeah, you know, give people opportunities, pay into the economy. During every recession, that's what my dad always said. Well, you go out and buy stuff. That's how you get out of it. Pay into the economy. Yeah. Get the ball rolling Great again. Jobs. So there you go. Anyway, there you go. Um, so if you want to uh, send in any of your questions anytime, email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. You can also use the hashtag screeningandygk on any social media platform. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Carrier Pigeon. It's a good time to know all of our vampire fans, as we were saying. Yes. We'll let the, we'll let the audience shape our show. 
please let us know what you want to hear. Um, and just so everyone does know, because of Thanksgiving, we do have to do some pre-recording. So you do only have this week to let us know. Yeah, exactly. um, so <laughs> if you could send us your questions by Saturday of this week, so that would be the 5th of October, that would be great. By and 2 By 2 p.m. And we will put those into the episode along with the other suggestions so if you have written in before about the vampire episode because i know several people have just so you know we have taken those things so you don't have to worry about rewriting them we are going to I'm, apparently Compile. i'm gonna cast twilight like that's one of the things <laughs> that apparently we're supposed to do the thing that we did when i did marvel did marvel and made you cast things yeah. you're supposed to do that for me so the one so so twilight's one of them and then you're also supposed to come up with one without telling me so right. you have to like find characters in the vampire mythos and describe them to me and have me cast them oh great i love it so those types of things are in there um ranking vampire movies is in there um a couple other things but we'll compile them again if you are worried sure fire us the question again but we'll make sure it's in there review that nick cage vampire movie. there you go nick cage vampire movie what is it called i don't know it's but apparently it's it's not season of the witch is it no, it's like from also... the like eighties or nineties, oh, okay, okay. and it's supposed to be as weird as any of his other stuff. Cool, there you go. So... <laughs> I will rewatch Twilight. That's what I'll promise people to do. Because if I have to cast it, Isn't I better rewatch something. Though? Well, I need to know at least something about the characters. Well, I didn't know anything about the characters when I did. Marvel. But those are—I take it as two separate things. We've been asked to do—I've been asked to do two separate things. You're supposed to come up with characters in the mythos. Yes. Okay, fine. I won't rewatch Twilight. That's fine. It's better if you don't. Okay, fine. You're gonna have to tell me who the characters are then. Yeah, it's fine. Like you're gonna have to give me something because yeah. I don't remember anything. I watched okay. it all in one weekend, one sad, lonely weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> years and years ago. So, um, okay, now we're gonna review a movie. Ready or not. Are you ready or not to review? I am. I am. I have lots of things to say. Um, Shall we begin? What what did you think of the movie? Just right off the bat. I'm not going to say what day I went to go see the movie in case some of our loyal fans were at the same screening as me. That's a good idea. I never do it either. But um, I was like with annoying people that were just kind of like, they were like, like, (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that they were engaging with the film, but I feel like they were... I'm a seasoned horror buff, yes. as people know. Yes. And it takes a lot to shock me, scare me. And, like, these people were, like, reacting at, like, really dumb things, in my opinion. So, like, I was kind of <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? a lot of judgment. <laughs> and, I, and it hurts your experience. Yeah, like, I wish I had seen it, like, either on my own or with a better audience. Sure. Um. But I thought it was like a fine movie. Yeah, like, I thought it was. I like actually very, kind like, of enjoyed it. <laughs> to me, it was very like middle of the line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it is a horror horror comedy. Yes, for people who definitely aren't. a lot of comedy in there. And it was funny. I I laughed more than I thought I was going to laugh in this movie, um, and it took me about thirty minutes to figure out why I thought the lead female looked so familiar, like the lead actor. Um, I don't know her name relatively new she's been in a couple things but she kind of looks like margot robbie yeah like a poor man's Margot. yeah robbie. yeah she's pretty but she's not that pretty but like it took me about a half an hour to realize that that's why i was like why are you yeah, so familiar that. and she actually she was had a small role i looked her up after she had a small role in three billboards if you remember that movie she played the young one, but... okay i reviewed it i think for this yes, show three billboards outside of ebon missouri yeah. yeah she played the character who the sort of ex 
husband of the main character um he started dating this younger woman and it was her um so i haven't seen her much like she's done that in like two other things like very very small roles but i i really enjoyed her in this and i thought thought the guy who played like her kind of like husband was also really funny like he was kind of interesting and the family was quirky and interesting like i just i don't know there's something about the quirkiness of them and, and the comedy that made me maybe enjoy this movie more than i thought i was going to i went in with very or not low expectations, but again, like I thought it was gonna neutral. Hate it. <laughs> I thought like it's kind of an under the radar movie. I saw a little bit of promotion on Instagram, but like didn't know a lot about it. The premise isn't that unique. I actually, this is the type of premise movie I normally don't like. Yeah, is is this simple, stupid premise that they go to this thing and this thing happens? But I, I just thought it was well executed. I really liked the way they set this movie up. I really liked everything they did. I, I to me, it picked up once they actually got to to the doing what they were doing, doing. what they were doing. Which for, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but the trailers at least give away this is sort of a game night that this family does, and it turns out to be a little more uh, gruesome and serious than you might think it is. I think it gives it away in the trailer. I don't think it gives away everything, but it gives away enough. It's pretty evident what's yeah, going to be going yeah. on. And I thought like that moment, like the moment where. They sort of pick the game and it starts. It really picks up for me as a movie. Like, yeah. I thought to me it was just kind of getting to that mm-hmm. point and then I was really into it. I thought, well, A, it was nice to see see Adam Brody. Yes, of course. Adam of Brody. OC, yes. yes. The OC fan. Uh, and a quick, he had a quick uh, small cameo in Shazam. Oh, did he? He did. So he's getting out there Yeah, now. he Yeah, he's doing things. Um, and you know who was the real MVP of the movie? One of the brother-in-laws, the chubby one. The, yes, um, that actor was also in something recently that he was very good in, um, but I, I can't remember. I don't. But yes. I didn't recognize. Yeah, him. I've seen him in a couple little things. He was fantastic. Great comedic timing. Yeah, he was amazing. Um, yeah, like it was a good. I think good writing. There was the one thing I didn't like is that there's like a elderly aunt that they really play up her. I don't know. I didn't really get – like, I know they explained it, but I had a hard time keeping track of who was who in the family. Like, not who was who in terms of, like, what they looked like, but, like, who, how people the were connected. The, but the dad and the butler I kept mixing up. Yes. Because they're the, they don't they look like the <laughs> exact look same exactly person? The yeah, same. Like, I, I had a hard time figuring out that way. who was – how are these people related again? Like I had a couple right. of those moments and to me that was a little bit of the the writing. Like I agree it was well written, but I had a hard time keeping track of the people. Maybe yeah. there was just too many at, at, at the beginning, but yeah, I, I had a I had a hard time keeping track of who exactly was related to who. Um But about this the aunt, mm-hmm. this elderly aunt, this is so again, this goes back to being with an audience that was kind of annoying me. Right. Like every time the aunt came on screen, there was like big hot, like huge laughs from and I'm like the first time's funny, but we she's a main character in the film. This we is don't a thing need now. to yeah, yeah, like yeah. cuz the way they she, for the first couple first couple times they she's on screen, she's like sitting in a very like silly way. Mm-hmm. You know how she's mm-hmm. like like straight ahead. Mm-hmm real big grimace on her face and i thought okay people we get it she looks the same every scene stop laughing yeah yeah it's again that type of audience interaction can be fun but it can also ruin your experience when you just kind of want to sit there and and watch the movie and people being a little too much yeah just like 
when you can Calm tell down. i mean i don't know these people but you can tell that you're putting it on a little bit at this point yeah. like it's clear that you're trying really hard to have a good time which is fine but i just prefer having a good time just be quiet yeah why do you have to convince everyone around you how much fun you're having yeah, like i don't know yeah um but yeah i i i mean i agree with everything you're saying about this movie i thought it was a lot of fun i really yeah. enjoyed it and again even though this wasn't our intention but it worked out this way this was a really nice warm-up to halloween like i thought this was a really nice way to kick things off because it was super lighthearted, but kind of got me in the spirit i didn't think it was like i never really felt scared in it i thought there was some tension moments but to me it was more of a of a thriller sort of chase movie type of thing more so than it was a horror movie like to me I want to feel scared if I'm watching a horror movie. This made me more feel like uneasy at times and unsure of the safety of characters. But to me, yeah. that's more of a thriller type of movie than it is a horror movie. And because it has comedic tones, yeah. I kind of just assumed it would have a happy ending. Because of the comedic yeah, tones? Yeah. Like, I thought, like, oh, this You mean from the beginning, you yeah, kind of like, had that assumption. I didn't. It didn't have the same high stakes yeah. as a regular where there's still yeah. that will they or won't they survive to yes. the end of the movie yes. type thing. Like with this one, I kind of was just like, she's going to survive because this is a comedy. You know what it reminded me a little bit of is Happy Death Day. Did you end up seeing that? Okay. It's very similar where, I mean, the fr- there's two of them. And the first movie takes itself a little more seriously, but the second movie kind of knows what it is and then has more like lighthearted tone. Yeah. So <laughs> you kind of like know she's gonna be okay but you're sort of thrilled with the ride anyway yeah that was like this yeah movie. I, I agree yeah i think when people were going like like shock like ooh, like or like screams it's because the movie and this is a little bit not a spoiler but like a warning the movie is gory yes so yeah and if if you don't like gore i i do think you should stay away from this movie though, it because is pretty, there, it is gory yeah and Considering that's a horror comedy, like it was gorier than I thought it would be. And I think the gore, in my opinion, was still like not funny gore. It was gore for yeah, like, no, it, it was, was gore. like this is like, like from a horror movie. Yeah, it's like you get this horror gore thing that you might see from like Hostel and Saw, and then you take a break to make an evil dead style joke yeah. but not like with the way you know how what i mean like when evil dead even though it's older movies when those movies do the gore it still kind of has it's, that co- comedic yeah. side to it. it's like this oh it's like, campy no. this is not campy gore it was like yeah and like well i mean as a on a filmmaking standpoint well done believable. in terms of like believable gore but yeah i think that's if you don't like gore that's something to definitely Just know about this movie. Yeah. It's a, we don't want to make it sound too much like a lighthearted romp. <laughs> <in the, laughs> yeah, it's not. There's there's gore. There is legitimate, sure. like not like midsummer level level, but like edging towards it. Oh yeah, and I thought I mean you see people get shot in the face. Yeah, and and frankly, it was still shocking and jaw dropping and sort of like you know you jump back in your seat a little bit yeah. because and I think the comedy helps in that. I think when you have comedic moments and then it's either interrupted or a comedic moment is followed by seriousness or vice versa, it makes them pop out more. It, like it's comedy followed by violence makes makes things lighter, but violence followed by comedy makes the violence worse in my opinion. And also like lulls you into a fall. You exactly. kind of forget. You're That's like, exactly oh, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bam, someone's getting shot yeah. in the face. Which is what I thought like the best horror movies to me are those ones, the ones that – give you that sense of safety, mm-hmm. lull you into a false sense of security, and then take that security away from you. Yeah. Like um, The Visit, 
which is a good example of Don't I found those kids hilarious. That movie scares me. Yes, so much. but but those kids are so funny. <laughs> those kids are hilarious, and everything they're doing is hilarious. And the home movie they're making, the guy, the, the kid rapping, very funny, lulls you into a false sense of security, which is then taken away. Oh gosh, guys. Just thinking about the visit gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, and it'll be a rewatch for me this Halloween. I, think. I can't even rewatch it. Really? I've only ever seen it in theaters. Like that's how. It's like, real tough. It made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Ugh. It was yeah. Um. So overall, I'm giving this a see it because I really think it's worth seeing. I had a lot of fun with my theater going experience. At least, um, it sucks that you had people were um, that were annoying in yours. But to me, it, it it this is a fun thing to go see with friends, and this is would be a fun night at the movies, especially if you want a good Halloween warm up. It's playing at the screening room now. I'm saying see it. I almost I agree that it's a see it, but I'm almost edging towards a stream it because with it being a funny mm-hmm. horror comedy you kind of want to have the chance to be able to like chat with your friends not annoy well, people in the theater yeah, you mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah to me it's like you know you pop some popcorn at home you get out the halloween candy you know you're kind of you do your own movie marathon like this is a good movie to add to like a, a horror like mm. a halloween night in my opinion mm. so that's why i'm more of a stream it versus a see it although it's by all means, go see it in theaters. Yeah, but I think you'll but have your, a, a your official fun, rating is see it. Yeah, like have a it. have a fun movie experience yeah. with your buddies yeah. by there you streaming go. it. So that's ready or not. Now playing at the screening room. It's a see it for me. It's a stream it from Taylor, but with the mark of it was good and you enjoyed yeah. it. And, yeah, it was good. But maybe at home when you can't annoy other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember there are other people in the theater when you go. That's important. Okay, now we're going to uh, head into Not a Great Plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not a Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod... A super soldier, living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend. A man with breathtaking anger management issues. A couple of master assassins. And you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right. It's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Warner Brothers gets so serious, kicks all the interviewers off the Joker red carpet. Not a great plan. Wow. Uh, This is interesting. (laughs) So I apologize. I kind of read these um, out of order. I made a note for me to flip these, but whatever. Oh, you read them out of order? Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, So there's a lot of controversy surrounding um, the Joker movie. So when I said buzz at the beginning of the show, I really should have said controversy. Um, I mean, I think there's, I think there's both. I yeah. think there's buzz and there's controversy. People want to. I mean, it's winning major awards mm-hmm. on the circ on the uh, the film circuit, um, but in the news, there's also kind of been a lot of harsh kickback. So, anyways, yep. this news comes after increasing concerns that, and this is a little tongue in cheek, what I'm reading, <laughs> um, that star Joaquin Phoenix might end up being accosted with pointed commentary or dangerously loaded questions about the film's content of the sort that briefly caused him to abandon an interview with The Telegraph promoting the film last week. So if you guys don't know, Joaquin Phoenix was in um, a press junket with The Telegraph and one of the interviewers said, do you think 
um, along, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, do you think this film might incite violence? Um, it might, you know, make copycats. And Joaquin Phoenix um, left the interview without answering mm. the question. He um, and then later came back and said, you know, I'm sorry, I was just flustered. Like I haven't even, I haven't even given this a thought. And the tape, the question took me off guard, and I didn't have a good answer. So. Um, a studio spokesperson told Variety, quote, a lot has been said about Joker and we just feel it's time for people to see the film. And that's why they've. Mm. Um, um, so essentially some of the conversation around the film, which I'll get into with the next headline, is essentially um, there's fears that um, some segments of the population may be inspired mm. by the violence of Joker mm. and then act Right. on that violent tendency and a lot of people are citing the columbia shooting that mm -hmm. happened in 2012 mm -hmm. with the dark knight the rises dark knight. Yeah. um well warner brothers is kind of like we're sick of all of this maybe have, you know what i mean like it's yeah, all like spec yeah speculation I, I mean i get it i get why so they'd be sick of um it. i think it's i don't know in a way it's kind of like censorship to be like, we don't want any interviewers, but mm -hmm. I think with the drama, it wasn't necessarily a bad move. They're just like, no. we want, you know. It's it's hard. like Yeah, because it's it's two things. And this is the same with trigger warnings. And I've had this conversation before. You can trigger someone by putting a trigger warning up where normally they wouldn't have been if you hadn't. Yeah. But you're you're forcing people to think about things in a certain way, and then it triggers them. So you do have to be careful um, with even in the media, asking the questions and inciting and talking about it could also create copycats. So right. you you kind of... The kinda, fact that we're still talking about yeah. the 2012 mass shooting and that's a what, way... That's what people... I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but that's a lot of the psyche that goes into these things is, is the attention yep. and needing to feel something. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you talk about it, Yes, the better some things can get, but the worse some things can get. The The thing is, is that on both ends, there has to be more understanding here. On on media end, there will be films with violence in it. That's a, that's a thing. There's lots of people who can go see those and have zero reaction and it not affect them in any way. Um, but on the other flip side as filmmakers, you have to realize the time you're in. And I think that as, as a company like Warner Brothers, you'd have to be like, listen, you're going to be prepared for these questions. You need the press. You need media in order to promote our movie. You have to be prepared to answer these questions. And someone should have prepped Joaquin Phoenix for that. Joaquin 100%. Phoenix is um, notorious for not dealing with the press. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe this was Warner Brothers solution instead of trying to groom like don't, instead don't of a pr trying to groom him they're like it's better to cut our losses and yeah. um i doubt that he hasn't thought i'm sure about he the has ramifications of the violence in the film um but he's probably not thought about answering it or thought about it in that so, like i'm sure it's crossed his mind it on must the flip have. side he's a really weird guy so maybe yeah. he has not <laughs> hey about it. 10 years ago 10 years ago or more than 10 now before 2012 when was that? That was more. That was yeah, ten years ago. I'm gonna say ten. Ten years ago. Well, 2012. That was like a long time ago. Eight years ago. I don't know. A long time ago. We're not good at math. It doesn't matter. <laughs> ten years ago, I wouldn't have thought about it. 
I wouldn't. As someone who went to go see movies, as someone who was producing art in the community, I would never have thought that the thing that I was created could be seen by someone and something could be that. Never would have thought about it. But as more things happened, yeah. it started to get into my mind as, oh, no, for sure. because I can only understand things by my own frame interaction, of frame reference, or the reference of the people that I have around me. So because I know no one who's ever been affected in that type of negative way, and I haven't been, therefore I would never think that way. So I, I would understand that. But Joaquin Phoenix also lives in the same time that we do. So I don't know how don't he could. But don't you picture him like not having friends and just like living in a Oh, house. I think he has friends, but I think he has like two. They're his Casey two closest Affleck. friends, Casey Affleck, <laughs> and someone else who probably will never meet, who's been his friends forever. Yeah, and they definitely are not talking. Oh, and there's no way Casey Affleck's ever had that conversation <laughs> with them. I don't think they've ever... Have you ever thought about the ramifications of the things that we of do? white masculinity. No, they don't. They don't talk about it at all. <laughs> so anyways, um, yes, should the studio have prepped Joaquin Phoenix? Definitely... They obviously did not. And that might have been – you're right, though. Now that I think about that, that, might have been a calculated move on their part. Like, let's just not prep him. Let's not worry about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, for the longest time, didn't even do interviews. No. So um, – and a lot of it had to do with the death of his brother, mm -hmm. River Phoenix, and mm -hmm. how every interview he went to, they were like, how are you dealing with the death of yeah. your brother? So he has good reason for not yeah. having a good relationship Definitely. with the press. Um, but to kind of – I mean, maybe it was also, you know, if I've been asked questions in an academic field where I don't know the answer and wish I could have walked out. Yes. So, yeah, like, his reaction yeah. was, like, more or less natural, in my opinion, yeah. when you just, yeah. it's like, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to blame someone for being a human being for a moment. Yeah. And, like, may, like, and I know that, like, everybody wants people that we put on pedestals to be better, but he's a human Probably wants, maybe who was actually flustered, and that's how he dealt with it. Everyone wants our actors to be this, like, woke, leftist. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone, like, holds our actors to a really high standard that we wouldn't even hold our friends to. No. Like, and, and it's interesting because it's it's the opposite of diversity is that yeah. you want all the actors to be the same, yeah. essentially. We want them to be spokespeople yeah. for the current, you know, what's it? Do I think Joaquin Phoenix maybe should spend a little time working through these probably but like let him do it on his own time and not yeah, on a press junket. yeah on his own time and yeah press junket is the wrong place you're never ever ever in the public or on a press junket, really in the public ever you're never going to have an epiphany life moment like it's not real it's you gotta you gotta take those moments to yourself you gotta when, you know when they tuck talk off the cusp you get that what's the name of that actor who talked about how his woman friend got raped and how he wanted to go on a vendetta and kill the first black man he saw um he's a famous british yeah who was that not ralph fines but similar but that's I know, what i know the quote you're talking that's about. what happens when you get actors talking off the cusp without their pr people yeah <laughs> so um yeah i mean i'm not surprised that joaquin phoenix walked off um am i surprised that they've sort of axed all interviewers it yeah, feels like a pretty a it feels like a pretty severe step to take but as we'll get into the next headline um they need to control the narrative somehow because it's kind yeah. of spiraling out of control as we'll see with the next headline it's interesting because this happens in sports a lot too where media will ask the same types of questions over and over again even if they've been prepped not to they'll do right. it anyway but not in every sport. I think really only hockey players, because they're all antisocial, do it the best. 
all they say is, I'm not going to answer that question. And then they sit there and they're okay with it. They're not awkward, but some even act like they want to be liked and they're more public. So they're trying to say different things, which opens the media to trying to grab a quote. If everyone just said, I'm not going to answer that question. That's what he should have done as he walked out. But he, you know, he needed a moment. So let's get to the next headline because it just goes to show. It's part of this? Yeah. All the he- yeah, <laughs> okay. it just goes to show how it the Warner Brothers shutting down interviewers will make more sense in light of this next okay. headline. All right. So let's do the next one. Todd Phillips blames far left for concerns about Joker's violence. Wonders what makes John Wick different. Not a great plan. I, I definitely heard about this. Yeah. This John so, Wick comparison. Todd Phillips is the director mm-hmm. of Joker. And, you know, he's decided that he's going to jump into this debate about the violence that this film may inspire. Um, and it's in light of the fact that um, the FBI and the U.S. military have expressed concerns about incel violence, um, despite there reportedly being no specific threats or suspects but the fbi and the american military are saying you know there aren't any threats but we're still pretty worried that this is going to inspire sort of domestic terrorism and then also these family members of the victims of the 2012 dark knight rises shooting they're also kind of questioning whether or not this is going to inspire a copycat yeah because that to me that's that's the difference that i looked at of of john wick um Versus the Joker is is the tone first of all, but also John Wick is fantasy. John Wick is very fantasy. I mean, I mean, obviously the Joker is in a sense too, but there's a realism to the way they're doing it. Um, they're filming it like Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. a very like gritty realism. And there's a difference between terror and just violence. Like it's a different level. And to me, the violence in John Wick is specific to a certain type of violence, and the things that came out of both the Dark Knight Rises and this movie are a, the, again, like like the quote you just read, acts of terrorism. Yeah, like in the, um, in Dark Knight Rises, the Joker is a domestic terrorist. Like that's, in the Dark Knight, yeah. Sorry, in the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight Rises, sorry. Bane is also right. so also yeah. a terrorist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're right on both. both. Those, just, yeah, yeah, both those characters are domestic terrorists, even though it's kind of happening in sort of a fantasy world in a way, the comic book universe. The thing about Batman is that it's more or less rooted still in sort of urban decay. Like it's yes. happening like it's a specific it's comment supposed on to it, be yeah. like even though these people may have might have superpowers, even though Batman doesn't, he uses sort of gadgets. But anyways, the villains might kind of have some sort of almost supernatural powers in a way. It's still more or less these are people that are it's supposed to operate in a real universe. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? Like it's I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. And the the whole thing about Batman is that he wants to punish criminals because he needs to mm. balance the scales. And these criminals in the recent incarnations of Batman have been domestic terrorism, yep. terrorists, yep. No. which are real things that happen. Yeah. We need to call what's happening in the United States what it is, mm. domestic terrorism. And to be even like clear with them, I think the copycat is in the nature of these villains that are being portrayed the way that people can relate to them and the way that they can relate to being maybe a, a shutout or someone who's more an outsider. an outsider exactly so i think that the fear is also seeing themselves in that whereas 
I don't know how many people see themselves in bodyguard number two who gets shot by John Wick. Not a lot of people do. Not many people need to take revenge on the Russian mafia. For killing their dog. So (laughs) again, it's not, it it is specific. And I do think that that comparison on a surface level makes sense. But unfortunately, like with most things, no one ever dies. It doesn't hold up when you dive deep. It's a very Joker, like the Joker that we're going to be seeing from what I understand from the... Understanding we haven't seen the movie yeah, yet. From what you see from the trailers, yeah. the Joker is gonna be a completely different movie than John Wick. Correct. Um, so anyways, the headline here is that Mr. Phillips has weighed in on this debate, yes. right? The there's this conversation about um we're afraid that these mm-hmm. movies are gonna um incite violence within our communities and might um inspire more mass shootings. So Phillips goes on the record saying the real problem isn't guns and violence. Um, it's the far left. So um, <laughs> when he start, <laughs> that wasn't a direct quote, but essentially like he's saying the problem isn't about guns and violence. It's the far left. So he said that um, outrage has become a commodity, adding what's outstanding to me in this discourse, in this movie, is how easily the far left can sound like the far right when it suits their agenda. I don't even know, like, what this quote means. You know who, who we should ask and see if we can get a quote f- from is is uh, another programmer on here, Ben, who yes. does his What on Earth is Going yeah. On political podcast. He'd probably be able to explain yeah. that to us. Um, I know, like, I know, I know what the far right is and I know what the far left is, but I don't understand how this discussion about the violence in the film, how it's co-opting far right. Anyways, um, so (laughs) he also went on to say he didn't want to push buttons with this film. Like he didn't want to, he doesn't have like a political agenda. He just tried to sneak a real movie into the studio system under the guise of a comic book film. So again, all of these things like don't really... Yeah, he's losing me here. He was, I don't what, understand. What it his sounded like they gave is. a the microphone to someone who like wasn't involved in the project and just started saying things. Like outrage has become a commodity. Like I don't know what that. I means. mean, I I think that on a on a personal net level, not a political level, it's become a commodity because I think that we use it to further our own platforms online. So that's like the the left is saying although the far left are advocates sometimes of violence anyways so i don't know what he's talking about i think he means like outrage culture has come from the far left i think is what he's saying but i don't know i feel like outrage culture has always been there it's certain tools we have in society that make us know it now but people were outraged years ago about various dumb things it's just we didn't have twitter um, again, not that I don't think Twitter is evil. I don't think any social media platform is evil. It's how you use it. it. I think we now have public knowledge to see right. things. So I think he's probably pointing out that trend. I just don't understand like what he's outrage, trying to say. I understand what your point being that sort of this outrage, outrage culture, right? Yeah. That like I agree. I think people are being a little hysterical about this movie because yeah, it hasn't even bit. come out yet. Yeah. And for the FBI to say we're we're afraid that this is going to incite violence, we don't have any leads. Yeah, if <laughs> but there's like no maybe, reason. That, yeah, that's, that's that that to me makes sense to me. Why you'd be frustrated because if there's no reason, why are you assuming the worst? He should have just said that, and then instead to start being like. 
the far left has become the far right and outrage is a commodity and he's just like yeah. he's just saying like buzzwords with no he sounds like someone who has been dumped several times by someone who was like well you know in relationships this always happens i have no evidence to know that you're cheating but like you are because that person's been cheated on yeah so i feel like the fbi and everyone's like well we've been burned so many times we just don't trust anyone and this person's like you should trust me right and it's also comes off as a psychopath so it just comes off like everyone's crazy (laughs) and you all need to find love of yourself before you can love each other that's word (laughs) babble like i guess i need to like go and read like the actual transcript yeah, of, the, yeah. of the totally i feel it and that might confuse you more <laughs> <laughs> just more word babble so then in another publication phillips and this is where we get to the john wick thing um questioned why everyone's making such a big deal about his movie um which again like i'm like okay john phillips or mr phillips you okay i i think i you I, got me here, I, you yeah. got me yeah. until he says when nobody has a problem with other violent movies, especially where they're also white guys doing the violence, and that's when he says, you know, no one complains about John Wick. Why do we h- hold John Wick to different standards? So this is where it's <laughs> then like, he loses. Yeah, then it's like, <laughs> oh. no, it's like, I agree with you. Why are people making such a big deal about this? This movie hasn't even come out yet. Let's let it speak for itself. Um, and I think we're going to see a phenomenal performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Let's kind of unpack that but let's see it before we unpack it but then to be like why do we hold john wick to different standards because they're two completely they're different not even movies remotely the same <laughs> that's why from what i can tell again only i've only seen two of the three john wick movies and i haven't seen the joker yet but even from the trailers alone i know these two, two movies are completely different they're not in the same category john wick is a revenge fantasy and we know it's operating in a fantasy world um Again, how often do we need to go on vendettas against the Russian mob? Is that real life? No. The Russian mob would just kill you. You know what this <laughs> quote makes me think of? Um, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's how ridiculous I think this is. That would be like saying, because he brings up a white person, a white guy yeah. performing violence. That would be like saying, well, why didn't anyone have a problem with the princess bride? Because that white guy stabbed a bunch of people. Well, because it's a fantasy movie he's fairy like tale and he's a pirate. Like that's again, it's like what, why didn't anybody have a problem with Pirates of the Caribbean? Like because, John Wick is an assassin in the movie. Yeah. Like, like it's John his job. Wick and Joker are not, just because there's violence doesn't mean it's the same genre or the same thing. Again, it, you can't to me, equate the two the the, the yeah. violence. Here, here's a person working in the industry who's an artist and he sounds stupid. <laughs> and that makes me feel like, what is wrong with you? So why are you doing this? Now it makes sense, right? Why Warner Brothers was like no interviews. Oh yeah, no. I think Warner Bros. It's, it's less about the questions. <laughs> it's more about the star and the director. Being like this was not. They're freaking idiots. What a combo! These two people must like. like Can you imagine walking? They Phoenix fought and a Phillips, lot. Like they fought Todd a lot Phillips. on set. Yeah. They. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Todd Phillips. I would, I'm calling it's him John. Todd, Todd isn't it? John. Yeah, it's Todd. I've been calling him John Phillips. Um, they clashed a lot on set, and it's like they're just two weirdos. Who is that... not clashed with Joaquin Phoenix? I guess Casey, yeah. Casey Affleck. They're buddies, but um, yeah. So again, I do agree. I'm like, okay, Todd. Like, I get it. Like, why do we hold movies to different standards? And then when he's like, then he John says something Wick, else. And it's yeah. like, no, like, no. And you know what? We're having convers like you said, we're having conversations we didn't have ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like when the first John Wick movie came out. 
we were in a different political mm. landscape. And we were having different conversations. I think that's important. I think people don't – people displace and put aside context too often for me where they say, well, well okay, it's 2019, so we, everything from the 1980s needs to be hold to today's standards. Well, that's not fair. No. That's – believe it or not, and people don't believe this, in 20 years, people are going to hold you to a standard that is going to be fair. You can't even conceive. You can't of. even conceive your of kids, how wrong you're living your life. Your right kids now. are going to police your language in ways you haven't even dreamt of yeah. yet. And that's and people don't accept it and don't believe it. And that's the that's that's why I'm I've always made the point. I think nothing has changed. I think everything is cyclical. And our our parents and the parents before them and our children and the children beyond are all going to go through the same thing. Uh, and that's just the way it is. And everyone could just listen to who's that? Didn't some artist come out with some song about calming down um, for Twitter or something? <laughs> Calm down. That's on it. If everyone just breath. took a deep breath, relaxed a little bit, maybe played some squash, uh, and not spent time always with have friends, an opinion. don't always have because you don't have to. This Mr. Phillips should not have weighed in on this. Just time. don't talk. Yeah, just like if he had stopped it, I think everyone should see the movie. Yeah, and then we can talk. Then that would have been great. Okay, last headline. Landmark Theaters issues ban on all costumes at Joker screenings. Not a great plan. So this isn't Landmark Canada. These these are the theaters in America. um, And this is in preparation for it opening? Yep, so there's no costumes. And it's likely in response to, again, this 2012 Colorado shooting at the Dark Knight Rises screening where the shooter wasn't actually wearing a costume, but people thought... You know, of course you would. They people thought he was wearing like a tactical outfit or whatever. So the CEO or whoever's head of the the chain said, you know, we just want to create an environment where people feel safe. Yeah. Um, my thought is, if you're gonna ban it, ban costumes from this screening, ban it from all screenings. Yeah, people. Yeah, I would agree. Just have people can't show up in costumes. I don't want at someone Landmark. dressed like Pennywise at the It screening I'm going to. <laughs> I feel nope. unsafe if there was a killer clown. And I never even thought of that. I was, right I was afraid that when I went, someone would be wearing the costume. Well, yeah, that that would be really creepy. And that feels like an unsafe space. So wow. I just feel like talking about holding things to standards, like technically, and, and this might sound crass, forgive me, but in America... You don't need to do a mass shooting at Joker. You could do a mass shooting at Enchanted. Well, this is this is still assuming that this the, is yeah. This is fear, assuming that this they, specific movie yeah, is, gonna is going prompt. to prompt it. Which again, I think is when the assumption is incorrect to begin with. Your actions to try to solve it are always going to yeah. be going along that line. So you you bring up an exact right point. People will and have continued to have mass shootings and mass violence in an assortment of locations. It doesn't matter what movie's playing. It doesn't matter what movie's playing. It doesn't matter what book they're reading. It doesn't matter what video game's out. It does not matter because there's you have other access, factors. You have access to assault weapons yeah. in your country. Yeah. Um, so it should be noted that other American chains have not instituted such serious okay. precautions. It seems that this is reserved to Landmark. Um, so AMC or Regal, which are, I guess, two mm-hmm. large chains there, 
they have not banned costumes, but they did um, reiterate their standing policy about um, face obscuring items. So there must be a standing standing policy. But I remember like when I was living in the States, like I don't even think they like had like security guards, like they would search my bag and Mm. stuff when I went. Yeah. And I don't think you can wear like hoods and stuff when you go into a theater. It's much more relaxed here. Oh my gosh. Like if someone, (laughs) I went to a hockey game on Friday and they had someone with like a metal detector and they're like, this is policy. And I'm like, it was crazy. The level of security going to see a France game. I'm like, what world are we living in? And it's interesting. Like I get the logic behind it because people are like, wherever a large group is gathered, gathered. we want to make sure that a large group is safe. Like I understand the logic behind it, but yeah, it's, it's, you, I don't know. There, there's, more that needs to, we're doing so much to prevent these things from happening except for what would prevent it from happening which is taking away weapons and giving people who are in need mental, the su- health. mental health support and normalizing these types of conversations still to this day with very reasonable people no one wants to talk about their feelings That's and true. no one wants to talk because it's it's you know, it's, oh, yeah, I don't want to seem weak or I don't want to seem like that. Well, that is step of. one. It is. It's step one to going down a path to feeling there's something wrong with you, feeling like you're broken, to feeling like there's some issue. Don't go on 4chan. Go see a therapist. Yeah. You get off it, of your computer and go see a therapist. You've heard it from Screening in Kingston. Yeah. We love all of our listeners. Absolutely. Don't go on the 4chan boards. Please go see a therapist. And you know what? Even if therapy, it's not right for everyone. And if you've had bad experiences or you still have a stigma against it, find a good friend. Find a family member. Find anyone. I don't care. Write into us. We've had someone write in about a personal problem once. (laughs) Write into (laughs) us. I think we handled it very well. And we'll we'll even talk about it. You know, that I think it's just about talking about it and, and going to people who aren't going to scrutinize you everyone has problems everyone has things that happen to them you know and i think that by having a good network that's one way to to help you're not going to solve things overnight but it's helpful to talk and to just listen have someone listen and banning movies is not it's not going to help banning costumes not going to help like let's be real how many people what we should look this up how many people have killed another person by throwing a dvd at them like how is that? I don't understand your throwing thing. a movie like you're gonna ban movies, yeah. DVDs and oh, costumes. Oh, I got it. But got with it. a weapon, you know, a gun. I wanna. I I'm still stuck on the Leon Center. What do you think they are? Who would bring? I'm wondering if they've had anyone bring an in something. Incident. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. I'm like, it's it's Kingston. Well, then again, again, we don't need to. That's too soon. We won't bring it up on air. But 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 no, I mean, I think that's the logic behind it. Again, yeah, I I I get it. I find I know why they do it. Yeah, I find it unnecessary. And a lot of the time, it's the illusion of safety because, like, the man with the metal detector, like, I had so much metal in my like, I was wearing overalls. I think, like, come on, I'm setting the thing off. Like, it's not actually doing anything. And they say this the same at the airport. Like the NSA or whoever's responsible for the American airports, they're they have gone on record saying all of those security precautions at the airport they don't do anything. Well, I think they're it's, only there to create the yes. illusion and to make people nervous. That too. You know that could be on the other side of it. It's like yes, it's to make us feel safe, but somebody who might be there 
thinking they can do something, they might feel nervous or, you know, yeah. whatever. But I get it. Like, I understand it. But I, I think I feel similar to you do, where sometimes I just think, is this really necessary or doing anything? Like, I understand. But, check my purse to make sure I'm sure. not bringing in vodka. Yeah. Yeah. But, like. What's with the metal detector? And I've never, I've never minded being in any of those situations. But yeah, I, I definitely, I think, have felt the same way you do. Where I'm like, is this really necessary? Like, it, there are just other things you could be doing. Yeah. But I think that people default to let's do the easiest thing that can make people feel safe and make us feel yeah. better. Not necessarily the right thing, but the easiest thing. I've never been like, ooh, I wish there was more security at the Leon Center. No, <laughs> I've never felt unsafe at the Leon Center, though. I mean, that's Neither and, have that, I. and maybe that would change if something yeah. did happen. Maybe we would feel slightly more. But again, I, I think it's just mindset. I know things happen even with things that have happened in Kingston recently or other places. Things happen all the time. These are not the first times these things. And metal have detectors wouldn't have prevented no. what happened a couple weeks ago. And frankly, it's happened in other places before, too, and probably in Kingston before and unfortunately will happen again. Yeah. And that's just the nature of it. So there are other things that I just think that should be done and could be done to make people safe. I'm going to take the Warner Brothers stance and I'm going to see the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about and to unpack. Well, that's um, why we're dedicating the whole episode yeah. to it next, right? It's just to give us that chance to unpack it and talk about it. And it may be interesting to see. Um, maybe I'll do a little bit of research to kind of – figure out what the trajectory of the Joker has been in canon because recently we have seen him portrayed as a domestic terrorist Mm -hmm. where and um sort of borderline like an anarchist when that hasn't always been how the Joker has been portrayed um a lot of it seems like um in the 90s they they did a research like a they relaunched the Batman and they made um, a new arc and it was mm. very dark. Yes. Um, like the killing joke and things like that. Yeah, that's what I was about to and, recommend in terms of your research, the killing joke. Um, yeah. So, but that wasn't always no. the case. And I think a lot of the adaptions are maybe based on these, the like the, the 90s Batman comics, mm-hmm. which are very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be interesting and we can kind of talk about the trajectory and it's also interesting to note that um this might be a joker movie without it actually being the joker if you know what i mean like it's almost like it's happening outside of canon yeah that's why i'm really interested to see because we've seen all these different iterations and for me what i really found creepy and weird about heath ledger's joker is the fact that he didn't have an origin story because he kept changing it Every time throughout the movie, he had three or four instances where he would change and explaining how he got the scars. And it would be different every time, like he's just fooling around with people. That made the Joker always scary, was not knowing where this guy came from. So knowing all of this, what's it going to mean for the character? And yeah, I'm really – where does this exist in canon? What is this Joker in compared to the others? Do they even address it? Like this movie be – could this movie exist without it being within the Batman mythos? And um, based on what Todd Phillips has said, yes. And it's also set a lot earlier than normal, like Bruce Wayne's father's still alive and he's a child at this point. Yeah, which would make the Joker, like, elderly. Yeah. So that's what's interesting. Like, what? where does this, how does this connect? And, yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot to unpack. And I'll do a little bit of joke. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I – 
know about the Joker, but I need to kind of refresh my memory. Yeah, it'll be good to be good to kind of go through the canon and take a look at it. But I'm excited. I'm excited for next week's Joker, regardless of the controversy around the movie. I do just want to see it. I know. I just so to get see my it. make my own judgments from there. FBI, butt out. <laughs> um, so this has been Screening in Kingston. Thank you for tuning in. Next week we talk about the Joker. Then we go to Vampire episode. Then Halloween. And that's your next few weeks. Uh, Ooh, go see you. some movies. I'd like to take his, his face. <laughs>